Let's get down, let's get funky. Let's boogie till they call the cops. Al? Is that you? Hi, Roger. This is the guy. Wow. You look really great without your catcher's mask. Uh, look, my date's getting some punch. You wanna dance? Why, Roger? You're asking me to dance? Well, yeah. And there's only one thing I can say. Take a hike, Moonface. Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would always you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? Do you think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 83, Step by Step, Season 1, Episodes 1 and 2, Pilot and the Dance. Do we want to talk about how this was a uh, surprise entry? Sure. Uh, we wanted to do Breaking Bad. We talked we about Breaking Bad, and then we were like, Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad stinks. Step-by-step <laughs> 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 rules. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, we still might do a Breaking Bad episode at some point, but yeah. it kind of was hard. We to, wanted to do quality television. It was hard to pick out one memorable episode of Breaking Bad without doing like the cliche like last episode, which I think everyone, you know... It's, it's still kind of fresh in everyone's mind in a way. I mean, Breaking Bad's fine, but I wanted to do something that was just so profoundly good, you know? Well, yeah. I'm just kind of breaking through our process of why... Because, I mean, obviously I think there's going to be a slight delay in posting, you know, between episodes 82 and 83. And part of it was kind of the process of figuring out what episode of Breaking Bad to do. We kind of were like... I don't know, Breaking Bad kind of fits together like a Jenga tower, and if you pull one yeah. episode out, it kind of all collapses, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, like, it's all connected, and it's hard to pick out, like, one thing. I remember Breaking Bad as, like, a lot of awesome moments, but it's hard for me to think about just doing an episode, especially the way we do these episodes, which I don't know how you even explain what that is, but it, 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 it was hard to picture a breaking bad episode really kind of fitting the mold well we'll see yeah because i mean we, it's, it's not still off the table right. but i don't know i just kind of was i've been exploring hulu a little bit and kind of stumbled upon an old favorite step, step by, by step, step. <laughs> it just feels like it's kind of more in our wheelhouse and i launched into a just a an avalanche of season one episodes and then pulled you in to yeah. the mix and i was like you uh, gotta watch these and next thing you know, here we are. I think the mic's in our hands. <laughs> Maybe one of my hardest laughs in a while was uh, when you were <laughs> explaining to me, which I, we'll get well into this, but uh, the, the second episode features Steve Urkel from Family Matters, which... <laughs> they didn't we'll, take long to pull in an old crossover We'll trick. talk about at length, certainly, but 
whenever you were just explaining to me how you watched the first episode and then you were like, oh, wow, Urkel in the second episode, like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Like, this is so dumb. And then you were like, and then I watched the episode and I was losing it, like, <laughs> legitimately laughing. I, I was, this, I, the second episode to me was no joke hilarious like legitimately (laughs) funny and the end of it like the last five minutes is completely insane (laughs) just it's almost like a fever dream like an lsd trip you're (laughs) like what is happening uh which is weird because i think overall at least in the initial run i can't really speak to like the later years of step by step but i think in the i guess well I guess to be fair, maybe Family Matters was the same way, but I was thinking that Step by Step was much more grounded in some kind of reality because I know Family Matters gets really fucking crazy. Yeah. But I think at the beginning it was grounded in reality too. Yeah, it is weird because I used to watch Family Matters. I loved Family Matters. and uh, Yeah, as did I. The mom was great. I I feel like that was maybe my first kind of... Uh, wading into the waters of the strong female <laughs> characters, the mom from Family Matters. Okay. She was like my favorite character. Um, but I do remember Family Matters getting to that point where uh, Urkel was also Stefan, and he'd like get in his machine and become like the really yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, di- it, I mean it, you're like, what? It is started that? really messing around with some crazy bullshit. Yeah. But like, I mean... This was a show that in it, early in its run there would there was an episode where like Laura opens her locker and the N word is spray painted Whoa. on it and you it's see like, it uh, on TV and then you know this same <laughs> show to, is yeah. the one where like Steve Urkel is transforming in like a some kind of a machine to another right. character where he has like limited time and he's going to turn back into his normal self I mean yeah so the tonal shift from <laughs> beginning to end of that series i guess is kind of probably probably how step by step is because i i'm not super familiar with the end of it but we did put on a random season seven up and that i was oh, like i yeah. had to i had to mash right out yeah of it. i was like I, I can't take this i was i wasn't watching a ton of uh step by step in the tgif era i would watch, i don't know how that's even possible yeah i i don't know i would watch some of the episodes but I was never a dedicated watcher. And even when it was on in syndication, I would kind of uh, get out a lot, of, a lot of the times that it would go on its runs. Um, I was more, I was way more Boy Meets World, way more Family Matters. I was all of them. Yeah. Sign me up. Sabrina, check. Yeah, Full Sabrina, House, oh, check. Oh, absolutely, yeah. All uh, of them. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Step by Step wasn't there for me. I will say, though, when I would watch it, Sister Karen... Probably one of my first like early All right, crushes. We'll get into that. All right, um, yeah. I want to slam on the brakes here for a second. Um, let's just talk about uh, the next couple of weeks for <laughs> greatest moments. We almost um, bypassed the intro. Well, no, we did the intro. But oh, okay. I just want to say um, there's been some discussion, and usually we kind of keep all of our episode topics, you know, a secret. We like to yeah, just drop them. Play on it the, close to the vest, but. Um, I think for, just for everyone's sake, uh, there's been some listener demand for some more Give Us a Second episodes. Oh, yeah. People like the shorter format. So what, we were, what we've been discussing, and I think as we've mentioned in several episodes, we've really just loved 2017 
as a year for movies. Uh, our best of the year lists are just overflowing. <laughs> yeah. We've seen a lot of them. We yeah. continue to see them. Uh, so last year we did a best and worst of 2016 episode that was just a short give us a second. We kind of had to rush through our top tens and whatnot. This year I right now have a top 25, <laughs> uh, which yeah. I'll explain more in depth later and i think what what we're probably going to do is do a multi-part series of give us a second episodes that's a, right as a 2017 year in review we'll kind of hit some of our favorite movies uh try to include everything we've seen and you know leading up to the oscars which will be in march and we'll kind of go over some of the big categories best actor best actress best whatever screenplay yeah. best picture etc cetera, etc cetera. i can't wait to tell people what movies made me most uncomfortable in 2017 <laughs> so that's kind of where we'll be headed so look for those i'm not sure when we're going to start probably within I, i'm going to say before even episode 84 it, there's a good chance there's going to be a give us a second oh wow okay we'll, well we've got our work cut out for well, us then i just said i had 25 yeah movies at least plus that doesn't even include the honorable mentions yeah and I, there's still two for me that i really want to see so yeah i mean a, a lot to talk about there so we'll 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 see i don't know maybe we'll do episode 84 first but anyway we're gonna we still got to get back into the listener yeah that's gonna be episode at least episode 84 and 85 will be listener requests maybe 86 as well also someone texted me today that they're sending us a dvd in the mail oh boy (laughs) all right well yeah we got a lot of listener requests to get to so well three yeah so we got to finish those out before we can close in on episode 100 holy shit yeah well that's gonna kind of bring us close to 90 here though yeah i know good lord things are getting intense which is why i think you know in case of these well you know because we did some listener requests already that were pretty terrible (laughs) and i'm sure these will be as as well because apparently all of our listeners like the worst things imaginable and on top of that it's our show featuring you and me so it'll just be terrible for those (laughs) a double whammy of shit uh that's why i wanted to sprinkle in these give us a seconds kind of you know, as a change of pace, mix it up. The next, you know, two to three weeks, it's going to be brutal. Are locked in. Right. All right. So, step by step, for those of you not super familiar, the premise is uh, basically the premise of the Brady Bunch. Uh, shocking to me, by the way, though, a big reveal from you the other day, or whenever it was, that you never really put it together that the step. Was kind of a <laughs> some wordplay there for the step brother step. I wasn't like the brightest. Yeah, <laughs> I I wasn't really into like wordplay humor ever, which is weird because I feel like that's your kind of your forte. That's- I just got the joke of Blink One Eighty Two's album "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket" like two years. That ago. That did take me like a long time too. I I don't know. That flew right by me for a good eight years. Right. I mean, so, I mean, I didn't really, I mean, I guess if you would have asked me, I, it was one of the, this was one of those shows where it just required zero thought. There's that part in uh, Gone Girl when, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's on the news where they're kind of like insinuating that uh, Ben Affleck and his sister 
Twin cest. Uh, yeah. What that guy just says twin cest, and I was like, is that you? <laughs> like that guy just reminds me of you. <laughs> that joke. Okay. Yeah. It, <laughs> I would say I'm would, wrong. How does that relate to step by step? I, I don't know. I'm it doesn't. I'm just the you and wordplay humor. <laughs> okay. Or is that just like my obsession with incest? Is yeah, I think a little bit of both. Little column A, little column B. <laughs> so basically we have Frank Lambert, who is a divorced do you know uh, this dude, Patrick Duffy, from anything else? He was in I mean, Dallas. Okay, well, was I, a hugely popular show. Did, did in, you ever watch Dallas? No, yeah. but I mean, it was before my time. I mean, well, it was in the eight, or, like eighties, <laughs> I mean, right? Probably. I, I don't know. I don't know Dallas. 80s. It was a very popular primetime soap. But the Who Shot Jr. Gotcha thing. He is Jr. No, okay, uh, maybe he isn't. I don't know. Who was, he was Dallas a sitcom? No, it was a it was a primetime like soap opera. Oh, it wasn't okay. every day, but it was like a week, you know. Oh, gotcha. Okay, one of those, well, that's like, cool. Um, it's very popular. He has three kids, JT, Al, who is a girl, short for Alicia, and Brendan, who's just like a little kid. Really uh, kind of representing like the family from the show, Shameless. I mean, they live in like a dump. Yeah, well, that yeah, we get their uh, a look at their house in the first, in the pilot episode. That's the only time you ever see it, though, because they immediately end up moving in to the regular house show that everyone's familiar with, (laughs) which is Carol's House in the beginning. And Carol played by uh, Suzanne Somers of Three's Company fame. The incomparable Suzanne Somers, really. Just a powerhouse of a woman. good night. (laughs) Thigh masters flying off the shelves. Yeah. (laughs) She has three kids of her own, two girls named Dana and Karen, and then a, a... a, bo- a, a little blonde boy who's kind of like a nerd named Mark. Now, Dana and Mark, you can buy as brother and sister. Karen and Dana, in what universe these casting. two are, are sisters? A, it seems like they're the same age. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell. And, I mean... Who's I, supposed to be older? I don't know two. what sort of assumptions we're supposed to be making about the father, or <laughs> father plural. Yeah, I, I will say, and I, I know that like race can kind of be like a tricky topic tricky subject but it it does seem that like karen might be like one sixteenth asian or something she's yeah. very i mean she's insanely beautiful that's like the whole <laughs> yeah well her whole her character, character yeah. is like that she's so beautiful there's like one finger episode, on the pulse of fashion there's one episode that we watched that we're not focusing on for this podcast but where she has uh phone messages from just notebook pages of boys that oh, yeah. Carol's reading off of all the boys that have called. So I mean, I'm She's not got some saying suitors. it in a disparaging way, but there's she doesn't seem to necessarily be the blonde hair, blue eyes For of sure. Mark and oh, Dana. I was absolutely <laughs> in love with Karen when I was uh, a young, a young Matt. I mean, is it time? Should I put out my usual disclaimer about these kind of I, things? Yeah, I mean, I think. Once you put your little disclaimer out there like you like to do, I, I feel like then it's okay, whatever you want to say after that. <laughs> Maybe not anything that I want to say. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... Okay, so this, I mean, watching this show was obviously like a big nostalgia blast for me and brought back a lot of the feelings that I might have had back in 1991. Because <laughs> I did watch this show pretty much for day one. Right. And because I was... You were in yeah. early. Oh, yeah. I was way in because i was already in to i think at that point before step by step i think the tgif lineup was something like 
Full House. Although I can't even remember if Full House had moved to Friday yet or, or what the deal was with that. But it was like Full House, Family Matters, Perfect Strangers, and something else probably. Perfect Strangers. And uh, I remember the lead-in. Lead? We, we already talked about Steve Urkel being in the second episode. Well, I yeah. remember the lead-in from Family Matters where Steve blasts off in like a jetpack and then he ends up landing in Port Washington, Wisconsin, which oh, is where... Yeah the Lamberts are, and then he just jumps into the storyline of that episode and then disappears. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, it was just a way to get people to watch, you know, the new show. I, although, if you would ask me what year did Family Matters debut, I probably would have said 1991. Yeah, I don't so know. I don't know how much older Family Matters Urkel could have looked been. looked like pretty young in that episode, though. Yeah, it probably had only been airing for maybe like a year or two yeah. at most. Maybe it started in like 89 or 90, but that's crazy to me. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I'm younger than all of the girls on this show. Right. I've always been younger than them. Yeah. And I will continue to always be younger than them. So Is that how age works? <laughs> so anything comes across as a little bit inappropriate. Yeah, you just have to look at it through that prism. <laughs> I mean, come on. Everyone's just like bracing themselves now. They're like, oh, no. <laughs> this is taking a well, dark turn. I, I'll tell you what. I mean... <laughs> I just It seems like the writers of this show kind of encourage like creep culture. Yeah. Well, def- I mean, well, definitely there's like a whole oh, weird yeah. rapey subplot going on through a lot. And of we'll get to that. Season 1. For sure. But um yeah, well, I can't really say I blame the code man, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz I feel like I'm in love with Dana too a little bit. Just uh super sharp, lightning quick wit. Uh Hates everybody. She's so mean. Yeah. And so great. I mean, I'm familiar with, with that actress, Stacey Keenan's work, going back to My Two Dads. Wow. From yeah. the 80s. A show starring <laughs> pa- Paul Reiser as one of the guys. It, it definitely, I think it rel- the general idea of it was relying on maybe a gay panic thing of like, oh, these two dudes, even though they're not a gay couple. Right. I think that was kind of like beat over your head, though, like the whole like, She's being raised by two bros, you know, like, what's going on? <laughs> and the one guy, it was Paul Reiser and another guy, and the other guy basically was uh, George Michael. Oh, but well, that's cool. Though. Yeah. But he had, like, the beard. George yeah. Michael wasn't gay, though, right? <laughs> no, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying the look from, like, the Faith right. video. Oh, yeah. Like the, that's a great look. The stubble, like, the hair. Yeah. He looked, ex- I mean, he was basically the being that guy. Right. And then Paul Reiser was the other guy. Anyway, so yeah. Dana goes on to be in part of this show. She gets like third billing on Step by Step after oh, yeah. uh, Patrick Duffy and Suzanne Summers. Well, she certainly gets like a lot of lines in every episode. Yeah, and she's kind of like, the like the Chandler Bing. Oh, yeah. Of Step by Step. She gets like the sharp jokes oh, at everyone right. else's expense. I mean, granted, it's a much more like kid-friendly jokes yeah. like, that kids would laugh at, but like and it's unlike- still the sharp Chandler Bing, I mean, the actress portraying Dana not struggling with heroin addiction or something. Yeah, and fluctuating weight. Right. Um, so, wow, I don't know. I don't know if it was heroin. Yeah, no, I don't know what was going on. Probably <laughs> some sort of painkiller. Uh, the, the opiate crisis. So, basically, uh, Carol and Frank, uh, they know each other a little bit, I guess. Frank goes to Carol's beauty salon for some reason. Oh, which- speaking of creep culture, we kind of find out right out of the gate... Their whole marriage is a sham because yeah. 
Frank just creeped on Carol, found out where she was going on vacation, which was Jamaica, and followed her there. Right. Uh, they did, apparently didn't know each other super well. Other basically, than he was, like was a able to kind of uh, put the press on Carol's travel agent, <laughs> find out where she was going on vacation, uh, book a flight on the same, uh, or I guess on, gets on the same flight as her. And then ends up at the same resort. Right. Follows her around and then, and then they're married. able to kind of uh, get it going. Now, I mean, what happened while they were on this trip? How did they get married in Jamaica? I, don't know. I mean, how do you get a marriage license? I don't know. I, I'm not buying it. I don't know. He's coming out of a divorce, apparently. So, I mean, I don't know. It seems like it'd be trickier. Well, we find out there. Uh, you didn't watch this episode. We do find out that their their wedding didn't count and they have to redo it. Oh, okay. Although well, unrelated that, to any that of the holds re- up, then any of the reasons we're bringing up, though, unrelated. Oh, to that. okay. It was mostly just because the place they went to was a sham or something. <laughs> but I, I mean, I guess maybe that. So work. we're getting into this. They're already married, uh, as you said. Uh, Patrick Duffy, Frank, uh, recent divorcee, Carol, <laughs> uh, a widow. We're finding out from Wikipedia because yeah. it's never really <laughs> addressed on the show in these first couple episodes. I wonder what happened there. I don't know. He probably husband faked his death. He probably killed himself. Yeah, for understandable reasons. <laughs> it was like uh, uh, <laughs> it kind of makes me think. Of, remember that movie Double Jeopardy with Ashley Judd? Yeah, isn't that such a weird premise? Like, I, I why does re- the, I don't remember the plot? It's uh, I think it, is it Bruce Greenwood, but he fakes his death and stages it as if she murdered him, and she like gets arrested and does time for it and then at the end he's still alive and she's able to kill him because you can't be charged for the same crime twice <laughs> wow yeah that sounds great yeah um so basically like the premise of the first episode is at first they're trying to like hide it from everybody and then eventually it just kind of comes out because well, what their plan is because carol immediately wants a divorce because she's like i rushed it yeah this, this was, was a, a huge mistake, mistake. She's like, our kids Especially, don't even know each other. And well, then he Frank's like, like let's reveals. pretend like we're dating yeah. first. So they're going to set up like a series of dates so that their kids can get to know each other. And then they can pretend like it's all a normal, natural relationship that leads to a wedding and a marriage. But well, secretly, like they'll be married the whole time. She has a chance to kind of try and, I, I don't know, maybe get out of it here. Because this is, he does reveal their meeting was not an accident. Yeah, but it's... Well, although that's the other part. They did already know each other. Yeah. She cut his hair before. Right. She (sighs) has, like, a salon attached to the house. I will say, bold move by Frank. I mean, he put himself out there. Right. That's what you got to do. It seems, though, like... And it it does go back to that thing of just, like, things uh, a guy does is creepy unless they're into it. Right. (laughs) Yeah, one of the things that we're learning. Right. 2018 yeah something we've actually already known all along yeah but she's like a single woman she seems pretty successful she owns her own business that i guess is raking in dough because she has this great house yeah, maybe, she has a you giant know, maybe her house. dead husband had some money and yeah, it had left. to i can't believe she's supporting this uh paying the mortgage of this house with this salon Three kids oh yeah she works with her like, mother uh, and sister who the are kids, peripheral characters. At least one of these kids has, you know, I mean, I feel like paying for Karen's wardrobe, not cheap. No. She, I mean, Karen goes shopping every day, she says. 
Yeah, I love whenever, like, in these kind of shows where they have a character that's obsessed with, like, fashion, like, kind of like Lisa Turtle or, or Karen in this. Well, yeah, Lisa Turtle, The rich. clothes that they wear are always, like, insane. Yeah. And they're so of the time. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, she's, she looks, like, very much like Lisa with, with like, these outfits that just scream 90s and you would never be caught dead in now and then like dana on the other hand who's much more known i guess as being like smart and just like witty the the dresses and skirts that she wears are probably much more timeless i mean they're a little 90s but they're not somebody could wear them now I yeah. mean, they're not, like, they wouldn't be crazy to wear now. No, yeah. Whereas the stuff that Karen wears is, like, insane oh, half right. the time. You're just yeah. like, what is this? Yeah. So, basically, it's kind of like a opposites attract odd couple type situation because uh, Frank is pretty, like, lax with his kids and they kind of live in filth and squalor and don't yeah, really... Yeah, Frank's kids are It seems trashy. like... At least one of them probably had like a tapeworm. Uh, JT rocking a straight up mullet. <laughs> JT is the worst. Yeah, <laughs> he's just an unbearable character. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they don't have really any rules or any structure, and then they come. You know, eventually, once the uh, secret weapon is revealed basically. to the kids, once they move in with Carol and her family. It's kind of like a culture shock because Carol and her kids, Dana, Karen, and Mark, are much more um, structured and traditional and have, like, they eat meals together and have rules and everything's kind yeah, of like... and they're like, what is this world? Yeah, it's very... And then, you know, that's... that's a- Kind of the premise of the entire first season, in a way, is just like them. Well, the premise of the entire first season, yeah, is that they hate each other. Uh, The kids aren't really cooking up schemes to break up uh, Frank and Carol, but they are constantly rooting for it to happen. Right, especially, especially Dana, Dana, who (laughs) is always quick to like point out what a failure her mother is in kind of. (laughs) You know, maybe not quite those it's harsh hard to live words, but she's always Dana making sarca- sarcastic comments. Right. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they give Dana all the best lines. It's hard not to fall in love with her. Yeah. <laughs> so, let me say this, people. I looked up to see if the actress playing her was married. That's where I'm at. <laughs> and I was disappointed that she just got married in 2017. Yeah. That's as like, if that you... window of opportunity had just slammed shut for me. Yeah. It's just a, to think about pre-marriage. I, I mean, you two were just like two ships passing, passing in, in the, the night. night. <laughs> <laughs> a million miles away. <laughs> we're, we're oceans apart, those two ships. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, it is kind of weird though that she waited until her like forties to get married, but yeah, well, you know, I'm not no rush. Um, now I do think let's put this into perspective. I mean this this started airing in 1991. I mean we're talking like the height of Nirvana, the Gulf War. Yeah, pretty much just the a different most, time. Uh, culturally significant events all happening at once. <laughs> Nirvana, step by step. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the world was ready for a change. Yeah, I mean, we were saying absolutely. goodbye to the 80s for once and for all. Yeah. 
And what better way than to bring back Suzanne Summers and Patrick Duffy and put them in a show aimed at children? Now, you make a great point while we're watching this. It's like JT is supposed to be what age? I, I don't know, 13, 14? Yeah. Because uh, we find out pretty quick that he, him and Dana already know each other from school. I get the impression that if I had to guess, I would say... I mean, it's... Karen is supposed to be 17. Oh, Dana's wow. supposed to be 16. Oh, Karen is older than Dana? Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. But maybe, yeah, maybe Dana's supposed to be 17. It's Karen's weird because supposed to be 16. They're both... JT's supposed to be like 14 or 15. Constantly going like on dates, which is always like... Well, the one episode I don't really we did understand. watch, uh, Dana's friend had a license and was driving. So right. she's, she's in that range of at Bernice. least being like 16. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Ka- I, but then there's another episode okay, where Karen so, wants a ride to the mall and her mom says to take a bus. So I thought JT was like right around Dana's age, though, Maybe. right? I, I kind of get the feeling he might be like a year younger. Yeah. Or I mean, his friend uh, later dates Dana, which in, in what has to be one of the worst. Yeah, but at that point, they're like in their 20s, probably. Yeah. So it's a little different. And Step by Step had probably jumped the shark by oh, that point. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm seeing yeah. that shark swimming already in season <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they introduced Cody as a character pretty early, and you're like, oh boy. But whatever it is, you're JT, you're 15 years old or whatever, and all of a sudden you're thrown into a situation where you're living with two girls that are basically the same age as you, and then uh, Suzanne Summers is your stepmom. Yeah. I mean... What a! I don't just know. It. Could I even live in that world? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, how crude do you? Would you get not with just be episode? completely overwhelmed <laughs> by what's going on here? Yeah, I, I think mean, your dad would be like, "You're moving in with these three, and you're you'd just be like, what? You got, I, I don't think hey, I can listen, do this." Hey, listen, JT, you got to stay out of their hampers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got to stay out of their underwear drawers. Well, that's the thing. But JT, I, this is the thing that I can't buy. It's just like, I mean. He basically acts like uh, Dana is just like trash scum. I mean, her and, well, yeah. Him, yeah, him and Dana have like a rivalry that if they were older it characters, the it, show. If they were older characters, it would lead to a lot of like sexual tension, and they would eventually get together. But since they're younger, and I think ABC, despite the fact that they're not blood related, I think ABC clearly didn't want to go. They're like down we're that not road. going there. And that's why yeah. they introduced the idea of Cody so hotly pursuing Dana is to kind of get it out of anyone's head yeah. that that's where this is going. Cause when really, though, it would be like a Richie Tenenbaum situation. Well, yeah, I mean, it would be like uh, the Brady Bunch movie. Right. You know, where they have like a whole thing. <laughs> Which I, it's like we're watching this and you're like, it's like the Brady Bunch. And I'm like, in what way? <laughs> uh, no, I was like, it's like the Brady Bunch End of sentence. Yeah, <laughs> and that's no, it. <laughs> there's no uh, qualifier. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, whew. I mean, I can't imagine being in JT's position at that age. I mean, I, I think if you have, like, that kind of a relationship with a girl like he has with Dana where it's kind of like he's, like, pulling pranks on her, she already knows him as Rat Boy because he put a rat in her locker Which, or something insane. shocking move. I, I, well, this even... It's like Saved by the Bell-esque throwaway joke lines where uh, you're just like, logic, if that's real, that's you, insane. Yeah, he went All and the actually time. grabbed a rat and brought it into school and put it in a girl's locker. <laughs> He'd I mean, be in you prison. Would be, oh, yeah. 
or send away to an insane asylum. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think like much like Say by the Bell, it's like you really can't take a lot of the things they say. Yeah, for if you laugh, start thinking seriously. about some of the jokes, you're like, what? <laughs> now, something that jumps out about this pilot episode that's different about all the other ones, the laugh track volumes will blow your ears out. <laughs> yeah, they really I mean, wanted to like make sure we knew where the jokes were. A room full of like Ralphie Mays just <laughs> going off, losing their minds over like every throwaway joke. I mean, the first episode is just loaded with studio audience laughter. Yeah, I mean, it. it I, I, I tend to be able to tune that out. I'm, yeah, you do a good job. But if you let yourself get distracted by it, you can't come back sometimes. Because it's, it's just like, whoa. I mean, they completely tone it down to a normal level after that pilot episode but that pilot episode is out of control well they want to make it seem even funnier yeah they want, well, they it, they want that job. pilot picked up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which it seems like there may have been a decent gap between the uh pilot maybe and, maybe know. not i don't know look the same i kind of thought you said that no i mean there was 22 episodes in season one i don't know if there was and they all aired sequentially like week to week so i don't know if there was a big gap or not um well one uh so the main premise of so what we see like before they move in together uh al um who would go on later to become just like a smoking hot chick <laughs> i just ha- i mean i think every guy knows that oh, at this point yeah that became like a big thing it, i i believe it probably did yeah it's for people like my age range. right maybe not quite as young as you but uh I, I just remember, like, it was a known, discussed topic. Yeah. People were... Amongst people. Like, even after Step by Step was well off the air, it's like, you know, Al from Step by Step got, like, so hot. Yeah, what's the deal with that? It, it I mean, it, you know, there's articles probably all over the internet, you know, child stars that got hot. I see right. those, like, clickbait ads sometimes, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. she's, like, one of the main ones. She pretends to be sick and to get out of school because she has a spelling test and Frank's not buying it. Plants the seed for later. Uh, once they've moved in with Not Carol, that much later though. I mean, it all happens pretty quick. Yeah, basically, it's seemingly the next school day. She's right. doing it again, and it's like, why? Why would anyone believe her? And of course, Frank doesn't. He just, like he does so many times in the show, just walks out the back door. Yeah. in the middle of something. Frank, and we'll certainly get to this more, but not all that vested in his children. Well, I mean, Frank is like an idiot, and yeah. that's like obviously one of the recurring ideas of the show Frank, is that Carol is so much smarter than Frank, and Frank's just a big doofus. Frank, uh, one track. Frank really just a hound. I mean, he is right, like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I want to. I want to devote like a special okay ten we, minute yeah, section to hold that. off on that. Yeah, so I got a lot to say there. So basically. Frank doesn't believe Al, but Carol does, and she takes the time to listen to her, and, and Al's basically like, no, my stomach really hurts, but, and Carol's like, are you just saying it hurts, or does it really hurt? And she's like, well, what does it matter? No one would believe me. And Carol's like, well, I'll believe you. And she's like, well, it really hurts. And she's like, all right, we'll go to the doctor's. Commercial break, comes back, <laughs> everyone is in a do- in a, like the waiting room of a hospital. Oh, and yeah. And you're like, what the fuck This just escalated quickly. <laughs> I mean, this is a brand new show. Al could be dead, for all we know. It's like that... <laughs> I think it's season two of Sopranos where Christopher gets shot and Tony's just like, how could this happen? That's like Frank's demeanor in the waiting room. Yeah, you're like, whoa, whoa, because they haven't revealed anything to the audience oh, yet. Oh, yeah. And Frank is carrying on like, some, like you're like, is she dead? Right. <laughs> 
And basically, Which that would have been like a great first episode. <laughs> it would have been shocking. Yeah. I don't think it would have got picked up, though. People would have been like, what is this? Why is there right. a laugh track? It was like, wasn't it like uh, Lost, like Matthew Fox was going to be dead in the first episode or something? Yeah. Uh, that's like what this was like. Originally, Al <laughs> had like a brain tumor. But then they well, had she to does make it. a tumor joke later, oh, which is kind of yeah. weird. Turns out Al had like appendicitis, and if and Frank's like, if I would have let her, if she would have went to school, her appendix would have burst, and blah blah blah. And of course, now there's like a bonding moment oh, between Carol and Al, where they like have a hug and everything, because like Al's in a hospital bed, and blah blah blah, and you know everything works out fine. But this kind of sets up a formula that gets used time and time again throughout season one, which is basically at the end of the episode, there's like a connection between some of the characters that crosses family lines. And it it seems like there's definitely some unification and growth and maybe everyone's going to see eye to eye and not want this marriage uh, to fail. Musical cue hits every time. Very similar to full house with the serious music dropping in. And by the next episode, it's all erased and everyone hates each other and they want this marriage to fail again. Right. And it's like nothing changes. And yeah. it's, it happens over and over again with all of the characters. And you're just like, this is insane. Why wouldn't they remember what just happened? <laughs> I mean, there's a, we watched an episode where Dana's basically about to get gang raped and Cody and Frank oh, oh. beat up at all the, the, the bad guys at a bar. A barroom brawl uh, to defend Dana's... Both honor and physical well-being. <laughs> honor. <laughs> and, yeah, and then, like, the very next episode, she's making tons of jokes at Frank's expense and yeah, wanting and them to just get divorced. calling Cody even though, a straight-up like, idiot. She's, like, kind of in tears at the end of that scene of that episode. Well, where shit she's gets like, real in that episode. <laughs> it gets real, real. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so that that's the pilot. And so you're like, all right, well... These families are, it's kind of a rough, rocky road, but it seems like, you know, some headway has been made. And then, of course, you know, we find out it hasn't. And the next episode. By the way, though, random side note, uh, and we certainly don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but the two characters existing being uh, Carol's sister and mom, completely worthless. But it's like, wow, did Carol get the good genes in that family? Oh, yeah. But also, if you're Frank, aren't you looking at mom and you're like, oh, no. I think I can see where this is headed, and uh, I don't know if I want to be vested in this for the long run. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, when you're plotting out, like, a pilot and they're kind of pitching the idea, they're like, well, we can add in these characters. Because those characters are... Now, don't get me wrong, they're not funny, but right. their entire existence is for comic relief like they're only joke lines they don't have anything serious ever going on as far as i've seen so it's hard to even figure out what their true purpose is they basically just hang out at carol's shop right well they work there and yeah i mean i think their purpose is just to come in and like say like bust balls provide jokes yeah and usually like the mother will make a joke at Carol's sister's expense. I don't know their her name. I, I can't remember. Yeah, forgettable. Penny, maybe. Uh, although I, I said that about another character on a different show. I threw that name out a minute ago before we started recording. <laughs> so maybe Penny's just in my brain. I don't know. So the second episode kicks off with Steve Urkel just kind of crashing through a picnic table like the the big family. I, I don't know. Are they... What do we call them? Right now, they've kind of delineated the Fosters and the Lamberts. Yeah. I don't know if eventually they're just the Lamberts or whatever, but they're the all Foster, sitting there. Uh, Dash Lamberts. 
and Steve Urkel kind of crashes in out of nowhere. Um, I can remember watching that episode of Family Matters where he blasts off and then it connected into this. And it was such a cheap way to get people to watch this new show. Yeah. It in does. fact, I don't really remember Boy. the pilot. I may not have even watched the pilot. This may that may have been the first episode I ever watched was with Steve Urkel on it, which is insane. Yeah, it's a strange uh, situation here, and this is another one of those things where it's like, listen, I understand it's a sitcom and we can't get caught up in the logic here, but we're going to. I, I and I'll completely accept the fact that Steve Urkel has like a jetpack. That's fine for me. <laughs> But once he's there, once he's in the Wisconsin, Rocketeer was big in now, 91. Family Matters takes place where? Chicago? Right. Now, here we are. Okay. All right. We're one state over in Wisconsin. Uh, it's still a lot of miles. Yeah. I mean, they accept Steve into the family pretty quick. They don't question like, hey, do your parents know that you're here? A certain amount of time certainly passes during this episode. And you're like, so is... He is just sleeping on the floor? Yeah. Is Steve just staying at the house? Evidently, I yes. mean, he kind of ends up working on science projects with uh, the one forgettable Mark. kid, Mark. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know. They just start referencing like, oh, yeah, I was hanging out with Steve. And it's like, like, he's just one of the family. Well, right before he crashes into the table, Mark says that his his science partner friend or something is coming to to work on something for a science fair and that oh. they've only ever met over the computer, which in 1991 was... Seems like it would have been like a uh, Chris Hansen situation. <laughs> yeah, it was very bizarre. And then he... That's the person he, goes to that's meet That's when Mark. he crashes in. <laughs> have um, a cookie. Yeah, I mean, back-to-back episodes, the first two episodes of the show, Al kind of becomes like the centerpiece character because a lot of the plot of episode two revolves around something called the reverse dance which is basically just a sadie hawkins dance where a girl asks a boy i don't know what al's age is supposed to be i guess middle school because there's no way you could be in elementary school and be going to like yeah, a dance know. where girls uh, ask boys i don't know they might do stuff like that specifically where girls would ask boys <laughs> i don't know I, I mean that seems like high school at best yeah, let alone I, middle I, I, school i'll say this it was never a part of my life uh, I can't remember if we had a Sadie Hawkins dance or not. I, I probably didn't get asked. Yeah, but, if there was one, I certainly was not asked. But I don't think I was anyone's shortlist. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I'm just saying that it just seems like her age is very like up in the air. She's playing. She plays on a baseball team with boys. Oh yeah. Well, she's an athlete, which is called the Beavers. Yeah, that's a little weird. Especially with Frank walking around with like a satin like style starter jacket that says Beaver is really big on the back. <laughs> you're just although like, if they sold that jacket, <laughs> yeah, that would be like a there would either be like this a room super that would creep type thing to wear or like a super hipster type thing to wear or both. <laughs> yeah, Not, a Which lot of crossover. Kind of basically describes yours and my wardrobe. <laughs> um, hipster creep. So yeah, you wanted to get into it. Earlier, I feel like this is a good time before we flesh out the rest of episode two. Man, a big theme of this show is just Frank's insatiable sex drive. <laughs> His life revolves around it. Frank wakes up in the morning and his first thought is, or his, his whole plan for the day kind of starts with like, how am I going to fuck my wife today? 
That's that's no, it. No, it's how many times. It's like Well, yeah. It seems like Frank's going for it 5 6 times a day. Right. I mean, we're talking like real raw. And even like areas. if he's not going <laughs> to I mean, she, she kind of has to like keep him at bay like Frank, come on. But I mean, <laughs> not in front of the kids, I Frank. I mean, it does Yeah, he would be like, "What kids?" <laughs> like it's just nonstop. It's his his whole life revolves around that ass, like trying to get it going with Carol, which I mean is understandable. But it's it's insane that this it's such a big part of this show, right? Uh, to the point where it's like there are several scenes that are just basically like the whole like build up of the scene and then the joke, like the payoff is like them about to fuck. Yeah, like the end of uh the one episode. I, I, it's a lot of like wearing her down too. Like I just feel like he just keeps and she's like, okay, fine, and then that'll be like the well, end of the episode. There's also a lot of instances throughout the first season where she's kind of using it as a weapon, though, because she obviously is aware of his insatiable drive, and you know she kind of is able to bend his will to get what she wants or get like a certain situation the way that she wants it by kind of either withholding or by promising or, you know, different tactics oh, yeah. therein. And th- there's one episode where she talks about, like, filming herself taking a bath. Right. I mean, and it's he's like, all in on that. I too. mean, it's not just, like, hinting at, like, you know, well, he, standard sex. We're getting, in like, a little kinky. specific episode, he's bas- or she's basically like, I'm going to take a bath by myself. Like, Frank, I just... I can't with you right now. It's it's all day. You're all over me. Like, you got to cool it. But then, like, once she feels like she needs to get something from him, she's like, well, maybe I'll film myself in this bath. <laughs> and then I think they, like, reference it as if she really did, like, later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine so what that was. pulling out like. a video camera. Like, like a giant-ass 1990s video camera. <laughs> like, little Brendan is looking for, like, you know... uh little mermaid on video and he's putting in random videotapes in for a real show (laughs) yeah i mean things are getting like they're like a little too like wild oh yeah for having like that many kids running around right (laughs) that's the thing it's like it's never even crossing frank's mind no all he wants is the kids to just go do whatever so he can get in that quality time I will say that like there was a couple um couple of scenes with Carol like in her like night clothes like her whatever. Carol looks good. Cleave, I mean, cleaving it up big yeah. time. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> cleaving it up going on in this series. <laughs> so Al is kind of like the tomboy hence, you know, being called Al when her name's Alicia right. and uh you know, Carol volunteers to be on like the dance committee thinking that this is another one of those her, things like, where she's like oh yeah we'll, we'll chaperone the dance and you know frank's not into it but he's just well, like well this is even before the chaperoning because i don't think frank was a part of the initial plan she oh, was yeah. just going to be on like the planning that's committee right for the yep. dance thinking that oh al's going to be going to this dance this is like a good way to, to try to like bond with her and because al is you know frank's daughter and Turns out Al had no plans on going to the dance. She's not into that kind of scene at all yet. And although she kind of gets maybe she is, she kind of gets like pressured a little bit into it. Not really, but like, you know, Frank and Carol start making like comments like, well, don't you like 
whatever the kid's name is, Billy. Yeah, the pitcher. And he's the pitcher on the team. She's like, he's a pitcher, I'm a catcher. Yeah, that's a weird line. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, weird... Maybe only to, like, creeps like us. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I I hope that it wasn't intentional. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But, I mean, I hope not. But, I mean, it was just, like, she's... She doesn't really see it that way, and then she's like, well, maybe I could, and so then she ends up asking this kid to the dance, and he agrees, and so she's, you know, uh, Carol's mother and sister are in the mix, like, fitting her for a dress, and she's kind of, like, coming out of her tomboy shell a little bit already in episode two, and just like a real brutal scene, she gets a phone call from this boy, and he's like... We don't hear his end of the conversation, but afterwards when she's explaining it, it's like, well, some girl that he likes more asked him to the dance, and so he's not going to go with her. (laughs) Yeah, it really makes you just want to see this kid get decapitated. I mean, (laughs) just a brutal beatdown. I I, I I just don't see how you can do that. Obviously, like at that age, middle school, I definitely was like terrified of girls and was definitely anything but a ladies' man. But even still, I can't... Even if, like, I did, like, have, like, girls that liked me or, or I liked girls or whatever, I, could, I just can't get into that headspace of ever being able to do that. Even Oh, no. It's so insane that you're going to call this girl at her house and tell her that oh, another else girl asked me. asked me. Now, we didn't – we don't – see, this show, because it's so, like, good slapped together, oh. it's like <laughs> – you don't get the scene of her asking the boy, so we don't really know how she framed it. That's so it true. is possible that she didn't. We could like, give him the benefit of the doubt that she framed it in a way that she didn't really want to do it. But hey, maybe you know what I mean. Yeah. Trying to protect herself if in case there was a rejection. Well, yeah, put and, those walls up. But you know, sometimes those walls can come back to bite you That's whenever true. it gets like kind of turned around, and then you're like, well, you didn't really care about this though. So right. <laughs> So a girl that I actually want to go with asked me, so I feel like I should go with her. Yeah. Still just an awful thing. When I was in 11th grade, uh, my girlfriend was in 12th grade, and so I we only had like a senior prom. Like the jun- like no juniors went unless you went with a senior. And so I went to the senior prom when I was a junior, and my friend got asked to the senior prom by my girlfriend's friend who let's just say was like a heavy set girl who probably uh-huh. wasn't really going to go otherwise. Right. And then turns out my friend who I guess was a you know pretty successful with girls in a way got something kind of came together and then like this really uh much more attractive like popular senior wanted to go with him. Oh. And so then he tried to pull like something like this. Well, was he not successful? No. <laughs> what happened? I would say like I was probably part of it not being successful. Were you like, like being, you like, can't? Dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, because I had to hear about it right. obviously cuz I yeah. like I said I mean it was like So did he blow his opportunity with the it, uh, senior girl? The attractive one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, but uh whoa. Yeah, oh, dude, it was a real wow. tense prom. There um, was a lot of weirdness going on <laughs> A lot of passive-aggressive feelings. 
and it, he was kind of at the center of a lot of weirdness at that prom, and he like he was a junior, and I mean we had huge classes. I mean that whatever that senior class was probably like you know four hundred kids, and it's like they all have dates, and it's like tons of people there. And yeah. Yet still, it felt like there was a lot of heat going on, and I was like, oh boy. I will say it I, was a fucked up night. Anyway, um, but yeah, I will say I ha- I did have a couple of experiences where, uh girls you know this kid too oh and i'll tell you off air Ooh. oh oh uh, i had i had a couple of scenarios and I, I don't know if i'm proud of it but i i had some girls ask me to dances and i said no no oh, or boy. uh i think one of them i just was like oh i'm not going anymore <laughs> like when she asked me wow this is uh, this is sounding more and more like that story you yeah. told in the mall rats episode was just justice or right well certainly <laughs> uh no i i don't know it's just well one girl i had never even talked to and she asked me to oh that's even more brutal in a way though because then she and was, was probably like, carrying some I secret think, torch i think with her i just was like oh i don't know if i'm gonna go oh boy i'm getting yeah like, kind of I sick know. to my stomach right now yeah me too um i don't know it was fine i mean <laughs> <laughs> well it happened you see the thing is though blood if, diamonds we're talking about <laughs> i mean everything's fine well yeah when you hear these stories and it's like and you or you see it even in this episode of step by step and it's very like personalized in that moment yeah it always feels like really brutal and it is for the person experiencing but it, i didn't but, do anything that was like okay yes and then I'm going to go with someone else. Right. But right, I've had okay. that happen to me. So, okay. I don't feel so bad. All right. Well, that's my whole point is that yeah. these kind of things, these situations, whether it's just flat out rejection or even like the double rejection of like the yes and then the changing of the mind. I mean, it, these kind of things tend to happen to everybody. Right. So it seems more brutal when it's, you know, focused on one story, but then it's like, well, yeah, but everyone kind of has their own oh, yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> Just a hard... Definitely not Karen, though, because... No. Once this happens and Frank turns to Karen is like, hey, Karen, have you ever had a boy break a date with you? And she's like, no. Oh, my God, that would be horrible if that ever <laughs> I happened. I would kill myself. Yeah, and Al's just sitting there like, oh. <laughs> but it turns out, like, Al has a knight in shining armor uh living under her own roof and no we're not talking about mark who seems like almost maybe al's age we're talking about steve urkel who's been hanging around with mark right uh steve just kind of been around for the whole episode it seems like a certain amount of time has passed i mean they had a baseball game i don't think this is all happening on the same day no no so he's just sort of hanging out in wisconsin now now there is one part where carol uh, Suzanne Summers hugs Steve Urkel, and his reaction is much like our reaction would be, which is he just makes like he he utters some kind of a Steve Urkel esque noise that is just so over the top and, it and goes so on, great. He's like, uh, <laughs> he's like physically shaking from it, and has like this wide grin. Well. I mean that, and of course that's obviously like true to the Steve Urkel character because anytime any female gave him like any attention on Family Matters, it was much the same kind of display. Uh, but it's just hilarious in the context of this show because it it seems a lot less of like I don't know the humor is a little bit different where it's not like there's 
eventually like Cody does come in and he's it gets very pursuing sexual Dana. yeah but like there isn't anybody there ha- we haven't seen anything like that in any of these episodes uh I'm referencing ones even past episode 2 and it's, so it's kind of it kind of stands out as just like this hilarious like what <laughs> yeah. like he's like the fact that this child for all intents and purposes is expressing this like <laughs> just- sexual attraction to the <laughs> mother of the family yeah it's just so funny it's so good um but steve you know ends up talking to al and he's like oh i thought you were going to the dance or whatever and she's like oh yeah uh uh the guy i was going with uh dumped me for someone else and and he's like oh being dumped is like no big deal or whatever and she's like oh that's what i need just another person who's never been dumped before telling me how it feels yeah whatever and steve's reaction to that is also unbelievable (laughs) where he just basically looks off not into the camera but kind of like off to the side of the camera for a good like two minutes where he's just like in disbelief that she's saying this. which is also like i don't think he has ever been dumped because how could he have ever dated well, someone? In this show, it's in this episode. It seems like they're equating, they're using being dumped as like kind of a generic, like, like being, being blown off. Yeah, yeah, just anything bad as <laughs> far as relationships or the opposite sex or yeah. anything. And so, yeah, he's just playing to the camera, basically to the audience at home who knows Steve Urkel from Family Matters, and so we're all having a good laugh at this. And it's just, <laughs> I will say, I mean. Urkel became such like a parody of himself and it became like so over the top and it, it it kind of overshadowed the rest of Family Matters, which was a pretty good show with or without his antics. I think his antics were way like toned down yeah. earlier on. But you have to say this kid, man, just some golden oh, yeah. comedic really? timing. I mean, just on top of it for these scenes. Like I I like I said, I was like, "Oh, this is a disaster of a second episode going yeah, into it," and then I'm like, this is what the "Howling is. with laughter, <laughs> <laughs> losing your mind over." It. I'm like, "This is hilarious." Um, so then, and basically, the he dance. like he volunteers to be her date, and she right. goes to the date dance with Steve Urkel. Yeah, just a very like, and she gets all dialed up, and uh, what's his face sees her in a whole new light. The picture. You oh know? yeah, and she and he's calls like, him a moon face, which I ru- felt was like kind of a. I don't know what it means, but it doesn't seem good. It seems there's a cut. They use some words on this show, which I don't. Nineteen ninety one was a different time. Oh well, definitely, but yeah, it's it was even kind of shocking in that context because I was like, wow. I mean, does that mean I I don't even want to get into what like I thought it meant. Yeah, it's fine. I think people told. can figure it out. But I mean, I was like, whoa, but um. Yeah, I do like the casual interracial vibe going on here. <laughs> yeah, that Just that no, is always like a fun spin. Well, it, well, it's not even like the focus of the episode. No one even mentions it. So it's like it's very progressive for 1991. Oh, yeah. I guess like, that's you don't why have, like, like, I just thought all that, you know, stuff was normal. Well, you know, I didn't realize until like 2012 that like <laughs> race was there's, there's like a big deal there. I, I will have to say that like as long as you had like normal like non-racist parents there really was never any reason to believe anything like it was not normal about people yeah right Right, yeah it was like i didn't even i never even like knew about like any of this stuff until like you know eventually you get older in school and then like other 
kids, <laughs> you know, say well, things. Well, I remember, like, like my first brush with any of, like, weirdness was, uh, I can't even remember what it was, but sometime in the mid-90s or mid mid to late 90s where they, like, beat up that gay dude or, or I don't know if you... Oh, like, Matthew Shepard? Yeah. Well, like, yeah, he, they killed him. Did they him. kill him? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that was, like, the first time that I was, like oh the hate crimes are a thing yeah i mean we i mean i guess you could say that yeah, like i lived a sheltered yeah, life Yeah, we were very like we came from like sheltered suburban lives but i guess there, but there not is, sheltered in the sense that it was like i i think some sheltered would be like oh you're not aware of like races and uh different sexual orientations and stuff i just thought it was all normal <laughs> like whatever race or gender or sexual orientation i kind of nothing really jumped out to me as like being different right and i will say like in a weird way uh, i did reference that episode where laura has like the n-word written in her locker and like those kind of episodes of shows like this were like important for a lot of reasons obviously but to somebody like me it was almost like explaining something it's almost it's almost oh, like yeah. teaching a generation Lesson. that didn't know about it like, about like that it that this is a oh, thing right yeah and it's just it, it kind of is like, like this weird unintentional cycle of like well like obviously you know some you know families and stuff are like racist or whatever and so like kids would learn it from like their parents or their uncles or whatever and that you know and so it kind of gets passed on but like to a lot of the people that like aren't thinking that way then yeah. like this is the their first exposure to it and they're like oh so wait so there's like a there is like a difference between like black people and white people or what is the thing happening here yeah. or what are they <laughs> saying or like you know you're kind of all of a sudden like wait what right like you're kind of questioning like what's going on and obviously none of that is on display here and step by step. I mean, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they weren't going to break in with like a super serious episode on their second one. No, but <laughs> um, you know, other than Al calling this kid a moon face, <laughs> right? Which yeah, seems very questionable that they would include that. But you know, maybe appropriate for the times. Well, I think so. <laughs> so then, uh, she doesn't want to dance with this kid, and then they her break and Steve into go onto the a dance floor, choreographed dance i don't know so what, steve, he has an original track yes yeah, steve asks the dj to play a fast song and then he plays a song which turns out to be like do the urkel or the urkel dance right which has uh, singing in it which is referencing his name do the urkel yeah like as if it's and a then he's, known he dance. starts like as they're dancing or whatever he starts rapping come to find out it is a known dance and everyone in the gymnasium knows it yeah all of a sudden just like a group dance of all doing the same dance number i mean it's unbelievable it's the weirdest ending to an episode you could have ever imagined yeah. for the second episode of as step you point out while we were watching it how bad were they trying to make that a thing hoping that really took off yeah, well yeah i was wondering if it was released as a single i think yeah. it may actually have been wow shocking uh never played at any of my middle school dances no i can confirm uh, well, by the time you were in middle school, I mean, <laughs> I think family, the Family Matters fad would have been well uh, over. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't even know. when. How long did like TGIF run to? Um, I don't know when that era ended. I would was, say like, the probably. Boy Meets World, Sabrina, like the last kind of wave? 
They may have tried some other things after it. I don't know, but I'm gonna. I would take a guess and say like late nineties. I will say the apartment that they lived maybe in even into the two thousand in the later know. years of Boy Meets World was pretty cool. <laughs> I always thought that. Yeah, well, Boy Meets World got pretty wild by the end. They added oh, like, yeah. so many characters. Right. As speaking of, I always thought Angela was like smoking hot. Uh, Sean's girlfriend. Yeah. 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 Good oh, lord. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i mean that that just led me down a whole path of thought that i was just like i still haven't quite come back from that yeah i would agree journey. with that um but anyway <laughs> see i just i don't know i mean there's definitely just like a fun nostalgia to this show it's funnier at times than you would ever expect it to be but there are also episodes where there isn't even a smile to be had, let alone a laugh. So <laughs> yeah. it's kind of all over the map right. in terms of quality. Now, Some of the laughs are maybe a little un- unintentional. I think uh, you know we've kind of wrapped up the episodes that we were uh, planning on talking about. But I think before we get out of this thing, we have to address Cody and the Dana situation. Because it is just so bizarre. A, we can start with Cody. I mean, you want to talk about... Like you just said, unfunny. I mean, there are zero funny lines that come well, from him. You can see the, you know, like the network notes at play uh, with oh, it yeah, over the man. over the first couple episodes of Step by Step. They're like, well, we need a hook. Steve Urkel is huge, so popular. Right. We need this show's Steve Urkel. We've already introduced all these characters. Nobody's weird. Even like the older brother in Boy Meets World started well, going down that no, path of being that like, weird. That is one of the things that I just, it kind of always sticks with me through my life because when you watch the early episodes of Boy Meets World, Eric Matthews, while an idiot, yes, an but, eccentric but lunatic that he turns into, though, yeah. he's like a normal dude. Right. Yeah. I mean, at the time, but here's the thing. I think when I was a little kid, I thought Cody was hilarious, probably. Yeah, I don't know. I was I probably all like in that. on Cody. Really? When I was a kid. I think You wanted to be like him. <laughs> well, he was in love with Dana. Yeah. It only, it made sense to me. Walked around with a little mini guitar amp strapped to his waist like you do. So they bring in Cody by like, what, episode three or four? Right. And then it's not too long after that that he be, he gets added to the opening credits and he's just like a part of the show. Yeah. And he basically is Frank's nephew who lives in his van in their parking lot or in their driveway. Right. I and don't know he, how you explain that. And that's basically, he becomes like a fixture on the show. If you're Carol, you're just like, I have two high school age daughters. I don't One of which he's aggressively pursuing. Yeah, which we all just kind of laugh about, but deep down we're like, this is not right here. Yeah, because it's never really explicitly stated how old Cody is supposed to be. It's one of those things that I feel like uh, other people come into the house and they kind of see the antics and like what's going on and they see this guy that lives in the driveway and he's got a giant picture of Dana's face in his van and they kind of uh, casually bring it up to Carol and Frank and Carol and Frank are just like, Oh, that's just Cody being Cody. You know, it's like one of those types situations. Well, it's never stated how old Cody is and like, but he looks 30. It's never stated how old Dana is either, but, Definitely in high school. The though. actor playing Cody is, I 
believe we looked it up and he was like 24 at the time and she was like 16. Yeah, just a bizarre choice to kind of make this uh, a running joke. No, it's yeah. not even a joke. It's not a joke. I mean, it's yeah. a thing. It's like kind of rape culture is uh, nothing to joke about. Well, I mean, obviously, I As just we've proven on the show. Steve Urkel was a, I think the biggest influence in creating the Cody character. What did Steve? Ur- what was Steve Urkel's whole thing? He was being so in love with Laura. Yeah, was, <laughs> and he chases Laura around. It's That's the true. same. You're right. Thing. That is. Yeah. But the but why they would pick a 24 year old actor to do this, I don't know. And it's like I'm, at least Steve Urkel is a neighbor. I mean, Cody does basically live at the house, so it's like Dana can really never escape. Yeah, uh, this predator. If this uh, show came out cousin, today, by the way, in prime time, there'd be a dozen think pieces on like Jezebel. Oh yeah, tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> it's just like. Huffington Post. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like, what in the world is happening? Because yeah. she's constantly being badgered and kind of refuting his advances. And we're kind of getting like the clean, you know, televised, sanitized version of it. But I mean, you'd have to think that this is just like a constant harassment issue going on. And we don't know if, you know, maybe the darker side that Cody's not doing in front of the cameras. I liked the little uh, <laughs> As improv. As if this is a reality show. <laughs> you did like a little improv earlier from the perspective of Dana where you were basically acting out a scenario where it's like, Cody, look, uh, apparently your uncle and my mother are not going to bring this up. <laughs> and I'm going to have to be the grown up here and tell you that this is wrong. This is this way continue. out of line. This is completely unacceptable. Well, because there's a whole episode dedicated to him getting like a real job because JT tells him that Dana won't ever like a guy who gets his hands dirty at work. And he's like a demo. JT master manipulator. Well, he J- Cody's like a demo guy for Frank's construction company. So he goes and gets a job where he wears a suit and tie, and then he gets fired, and then he won't come out of his van because he's depressed. And then Carol, her own mother, is like, Dana, you need to go into that van and talk to him (laughs) and get him out. He's depressed, and it's your fault. Aloof. I mean, like, whoa, the message is being sent here. Right. And so she goes into this van, and she's, like, talking to him, and he's like, oh, so... I shouldn't be like this guy who wears a suit. Like, you like me for me or whatever. And he, she's like, well, nothing you could do could ever change the way I feel about you or something <laughs> right. like that. And it does seem like the right time to be like, and you do realize that I we am. We can't date because I'm basically a kid and you're a senior citizen, basically. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. There is definitely like a dark subtext it going is on to bizarre this. bizarre that this but is. They, it never obviously when i was like it doesn't feel creepy i guess but i mean i was eight years old in 1991 it is i never would have picked up on this i kind of just viewed everyone that was older than me as like the same age but i do think it sticks out uh that cody while you may not know his age he's clearly an adult in the workforce and she's in high school and it's just it's not a good look yeah and i mean she's clearly not like a high school senior right like she's like we get i would say that she was playing a character that was like her real age like i don't think there's any reason to believe otherwise so she's like 16 she's you know not even close and it's just like 
I, I don't know. I don't know what what they were thinking. I don't know if we're supposed to believe that Cody's only like 19. He doesn't look 19. I mean, he looks like he's well into his 20s. Like 24 even kind of seems young, and that was like his real age. Like oh, man yeah. who's like obsessed with this teenage girl, and everyone's kind of just playing along with it in a weird way. I'm with this teenage girl, and everyone's kind of just playing along with it in a weird way. I'm guessing, if I had to guess... They were thinking, well, we're not going to say how old he is. We're just going to let it kind of sit there at like he's like 19 or yeah, 18 or so. 19 or something. But it, it I don't think in these di- in those days, they probably didn't even really consider it a problem or an issue. They were just like, well, this is the story. Yeah, this is the way the it end. is. Accept <laughs> it. Um, so I would say there's a 0% chance that we would have spoke as passionately or as long if we had done an episode on Breaking Bad, it's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, you never know. I mean, I guess well, we're the, both pretty passionate about with, uh, Jane from Breaking Bad. The issue with Breaking Bad is we would have had to have watched the episode that we were going to talk about, plus maybe like one or two before it and one or two after it, to really get into that mindset. That's you right. Know? Yeah, I've kind of really uh, immersed myself in the world of Step by Step over the last couple of days, and now right. I feel I'm ready to like talk about it. I I would need to like somehow jump into Breaking Bad, and it just seems like you know ultimately with Breaking Bad it was like it was a a hundred percent plot driven. I mean, there isn't like a lot to take out of it beyond the plot, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, I get that there's like this o- o- overall story of like a guy, a regular guy turning bad, but I mean. I just explained it. I mean, that's it. <laughs> that covers it. So it's like to pull one episode from it seemed hard because it's all kind of one episode leads into another. and It's all this bigger story that kind of all like gets told from episode one all the way through the end. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, I know what you mean. This seemed like, hey, we'll pull a couple of these step by steps and just kind of yeah, we can knock these episodes the right family out. Dynamics yeah. going on. It's it, it seemed like it's a strange world, you know. If this show was on like now, and they maybe we're gonna like not aim it necessarily just for kids. I mean, they could have gotten into some like weird uh, sexual dynamics between like the brothers and sisters that aren't related by yeah. blood, and because I mean, obviously JT would have been like just beating his dick, thinking about Dana and Karen like nonstop. I don't know. Yeah, it, it does seem like he would have been like pulling some moves or. Or something, but I, I mean, there should have been an episode it. where he was like spying on one of them in he's the shower. He's completely disinterested. I don't know. Yeah, he's really kind of like a dirtball, though. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah. Um, I think maybe we should wrap it up. Yeah. Um. So that'll do it for step by step for um, now. <laughs> Not going to confirm that we won't eventually well, I'm be revisit con- this I'm, material. I, I'm planning on turning it right. Back yeah, we're going to start watching the episodes again. Uh. Yeah, uh, you know, we talked about what's going to be coming up in the future for the show. A lot of big things, so stay tuned for that. Uh, follow the show on Twitter, at GreatestPod. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, we really appreciate everyone that listens. Uh, oh, yeah, you we, guys do a great job. We would love for you to continue to spread the word, try to grab us a few Please. listeners. And um, thanks for listening. That's it. And yeah. uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.
Take it easy. Just get my money. He never paid. What are you, jealous boyfriend? Shut the fuck up. Just get me my money. I usually pay when I'm done. Don't smack it around. It was erotic shit, man. I didn't hurt her. I'm not hurting you. Did I hurt? Did I hurt you? Hmm? Terrence, let's just go. We don't hit women down south. You just made a big mistake, Terry. My father's Andy Winnick. You ever hear of him? Oh. One of the biggest developers in the Gulf Coast. <laughs> Congratulations. Tommy Leonardi's one of his best friends. Hey, listen to me, scumbag. Don't try to impress me with your father knows some guinea hood. Ooh. What you gotta take away from this experience is if you ever see that girl again, you turn around and you walk in the oh, opposite direction. Oh, you got that? Yeah, man. I ever heard about you yeah. so much as looking at that girl? Uh-huh. You're gonna wish you were born mm -hmm. without a dick. Whoa, 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 whoa. Big mistake.